Welcome to Scrollin' episode 103. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. What's up, dude? Uh, a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of stuff is up. Well, uh, and you know, a lot of things are are down. So there are things that some things are up, some things are down. That's just physics. That's just usually what I say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so main thing that's up is uh, the Necron patch. It's live on PC uh, consoles. They still have another couple of weeks to to wait, but uh, not, almost like and just yesterday it went live on PC. So mm-hmm. um, in the patch notes, as far as I could tell, I skimmed through them. I can't see. I don't. I don't see any surprises. Everything seems pretty much what we expected coming uh, off of PTS. Um, but in the game though, if you, if you look at some abilities and some descriptions and stuff, there's just some inconsistencies, um, like, uh, what was one example? The, um, the clan fear, mm. uh, sorcerer ability, uncle Sam was pointing this out cause he, he had been using it on his sorcerer build recently. Uh, and then he logs in on, um, after, after this patch goes live and it, it, it reads very differently. I'm not going to go into the details, but the yeah. description reads very differently. But then when you use it, it's not, cl- it's not clear. Is it? It's actually still working the old way, maybe. Yeah. He even found a way to make it show the old tooltip and the new tooltip at the same time. So some some you know, there's, yeah, a, little, there's exactly. a little tinkering. There's a little tinkering happening there with the clan fear. Something yeah, like de- depending on where you look in the UI, it's two different descriptions happening there. So yeah, there's some weird stuff like that happening. There's like a there's a bug where like your food buff, you can't tell if your food buff is actually active or not. Um, cause just cause it's not showing up in the UI. You know, if we had a patch with no funny stuff, I would be worried. I actually, you know, this is the stuff we need. This is, this is the nostalgia. This is the, all right, now we know a patch is happening. Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. The, uh, the hiccups and stuff that we've had have been pretty minor, Yeah, you know, considering it's a whole new chapter with a new class and everything. So on launch day, on Monday, I logged into the game at 7.30 a.m. That's Central wild. Standard Time. And I logged right in. I mean, it was a little bit longer than usual to log in. That's usual, That's normal, you know, but not like an excessively long time. I got logged right in, um, made my Arcanist and all that stuff. Um, I've never been logged into the game that early in the morning on launch day. It's usually like noon or later before you can get logged in. Yeah, I saw your message and I was, I was pretty shocked at, at how quickly they must have had that thing just locked and loaded. Yeah, yeah, they were ready to go. Uh, and there have been some bugs, like the things I was just mentioning. There's a little bit of input delay, like Mistform especially. It, it it was already pretty prone to some weirdness with like input delays and multiple casts and stuff like that, and it's just kind of going nuts right now. And there's a few little things like that. I think it's just to be expected. It's going to sure. happen, but all things considered, pretty darn smooth launch, I would say. I haven't heard yeah. of anyone just like being in like a huge long login queue or games crashing over and over again or anything like that yeah i would say it's it's gone well all the most of the stuff that has been acting weird it's kind of laughable stuff nothing nothing major yeah yeah the food buff thing's a little annoying but it's manageable you know as long as you just kind of know it's there um I just started scratching the surface of the content this morning. Like I, I got up early and uh, I was surprised to get logged into the game so early. Um, and I was like, well, I have a while before I have to be at work. So I started the main quest. I haven't even completed the first, you know, step of the quest. I just started it, but I did complete one side quest and it was pretty cool. Nice. Um, the, uh, the zone we described it before, like during PTS is it's, 
It's a lot like Vardenfell aesthetically, you know, it's like this Mushroom Kingdom stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is what it is. But despite that, I do find myself looking around and being pretty impressed with the scenery. It looks nice. Uh, I think it's a little bit different color palette than what you get uh, with Vardenfell. And the terrain is a little different as well. Uh, it's not exactly the same. It's it's a very similar, you know, aesthetic, but it's not exactly the same. It's it's a pretty well-designed zone. Uh, and the interiors. Davius, I think you would really appreciate um, some of these interiors. This particular side quest that I did, I went into this, like, tower thing as part of the quest, and it was just super duper cool, man. Okay. I'm excited for that. Nice. Yeah, it's like. Ever since you like decorated my house for me a long time ago, I've kind of started paying attention to that sort of stuff. Like you go inside an area and like, this looks like this space is being used for like what they want me to think it's used for, you know, it's like mm. totally the, like the, the environment is, is telling, giving me so much information unconsciously. It's really neat. But yeah, have barely even, I mean, this just dropped yesterday, so we're barely even into the content. Have you even done anything with the... The DLC, if you made an Arcanist or anything, Davius? I don't have an Arcanist. Um, okay. I, I've got to, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a little bit on my Arcanist. I think I maybe even said this previously. I'm going to wait a little bit on the Arcanist, get a little bit, kind of let it get figured out a little bit, kind of come up with an idea. You know, a name's got to come to me. Uh, uh-huh. A look at a name is probably the more important part. Once I get that figured out, then I'll, then I'll get the Arcanist and kind of get that put together. Okay, you got to have the concept first. Yeah, I, I did go to the zone for a little bit, um, kind of looked around, but very, very briefly. Uh, but I do agree. It was kind of, it was, it's, I don't know, kind of like, um, I don't know, sharper, if that makes sense. Like, it, it is Vardenfell, but to me, it's just, you can tell that it's Vardenfell years later, you know? Like, you can yeah, tell it's that better. it's better. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a little bit like more modernized design sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I can glean from the story so far, I mean, I'm just getting started, but the setup and everything, it seems like uh, we're kind of back to the whole, like, end of the world, oh, like, yeah. huge, you know, like, massive thing going on here. You know, last year with um, uh, High Isle, they kind of made a point to be like, to be like this is not going to be that. This is going to be a more down-to-earth kind of political story. Which seemed like a refreshing idea at the time, but honestly, in retrospect, it was just kind of boring, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, I kind of want to go back to like larger than life, like insane stuff happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of I think that's what I'm here for, honestly. Yep, that's what we're about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have a lot more detailed thoughts. I think about the content and stuff uh, next time. We I'm just I'm just now getting started. I think we'll have a little little bit more time to to look at the zones, test out the quest. Um, yeah, but I have a just just initial impression. I have a sense it's going to be a fun adventure here. It just seems like there's some cool stuff lined up to to happen here. Uh, Garion says the issue uh, is everyone saw all the twists coming in the story of High Isle. Yeah, the, they were. I guess they were pretty well telegraphed, and they just even if it did take you by surprise, I don't know. I just wasn't like. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. I was All like, right, yeah. It did, nothing really like blew me away. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I mean, my Arcanist two, uh, just my usual mo. I just, uh, I just made him random on the character uh, select screen or the the creator screen. First name that came to my uh my mind was Randolph, like Gandalf, but with an R. Oh, Randolph. So Randolph. 
So that's his name for now. Uh, it could, I might get a name and appearance change token or something later on, but that's just for now. He's a, he's a dark elf mm-hmm. and he's like maybe a level six or something. Just me running around doing quests and stuff. Um, so yeah, no idea for any build or anything. I'm just, he's just out there a little level six dude doing his thing, doing quests. And my plan is just, uh, just like a brand new character. I'm just going to use whatever gear I find as I go. And there's no build in mind. You know, we're just going to kind of wing it. Getting just a full feel for the class. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and until the, the content is done, until I'm finished with the story and all that stuff. And then we'll, then I'll try to figure out like, okay, what's my build? Um, I am using the new random mount feature. It's pretty fun. I, I'm really struggling with that one just because like I, I'm struggling with it much more than I should be, right? Like it's a very cool idea. And I think that's why I'm struggling with this because I really like the idea. But I make all of my characters match their mounts. And so like using it, I'm like, oh, this doesn't match. Like I can't I can't do it. I've I've turned it off and on probably like seven times already. Yeah, I won't use it with every character because some characters it's just like, no, this is just too perfect amount for this character. That's their mount. But like my main uh, dude that I do like dungeons and stuff with, he's just kind of like my, I just kind of do whatever's fun with that guy appearance wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a good candidate for that. And Have you figured out if, if you know, you can do your random mount from your favorite list? Is that favorite list char- like account wide or is it just that favorite list for that character? I don't know. I, my assumption would be per character, but I don't really know. I hope it's that way. That, yeah. that would allow me to maybe use it more. Yeah, that would be cool, because if you have a kind of a, a couple of mounts in mind that you like for a certain character, you, yeah. can, you can cycle through them. I can make that work. I'll have to test that out. As far as uh, BGs and PvP, we don't have a lot of thoughts to share with that, because it's, it's been 24 hours, basically. So um, we did a, few, a handful of BGs, like maybe three or four total, mm-hmm. um, since the patch dropped, and... So far, I can say Old Betsy, my main feels pretty good, and uh, I'm still having a pretty good time in BGs. I'm not seeing a lot of Arcanists. I, I've seen a few. Uh, none of them were really doing anything special, honestly. Uh, I think people just don't have their builds together yet, and I think we probably will start seeing them here in the next day or two. Uh, but so far, no real impressions to share BGs-wise. Anything for you, Davius? No, still too early on. It's... It's, you know, it, it, we just not enough time to get kind of get a real feel for what this patch is going to do for BGs. I, I agree with you. I think by the next episode, we're going to have a real good feel of what what kind of the meta we're, we're running into is, or at least have an idea of what direction it's going. <laughs> Gary just posted a screenshot from a BG. It's uh, 11 out of the 12 players are Arcanists. <laughs> and there's one Nightblade. <laughs> Sorry. What was I about to say? Oh, one thing that I will say from uh, the few Arcanists that I have seen in BGs is that um, visually, they're, uh, the skills aren't nearly as like overbearing as I was expecting. Like once it's kind of mixed in with all the other visual stuff that's happening from the other classes and other people casting things, it actually blends fairly well. It's not like totally overpowering everything else that's happening. It's the only thing you can see. You know, it, it's it's not as uh as bright and crazy as I was expecting it to be. When when you're all by yourself and you're it's in a vacuum, it looks like really dazzling. But uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of the abilities that we already have are actually pretty dazzling too, and it, it kind of just mixes in with everything else. And not so bad. So, um, what we're going to do this episode for the bulk of the episode is we're going to dig into the new class, the Arcanist. 
Uh, we're going to go skill by skill, morph by morph, and just talk about what these things do, why you might use it, what kind of build you might use it on, just whatever thoughts come to mind as we go through it. I like it. Yeah, I need to do this because I don't really have a strong sense of like what, like all tools they have available to them and stuff. So I kind of have been looking forward to just kind of going through one by one mm-hmm. and be like, all right, what's, what's, what, what, what do we have here? Yeah. I feel like after, you know, after kind of, diving into this and kind of picking them apart i feel like i'm gonna have a little bit you know i was talking about like i gotta come up with an idea i feel like this is gonna this is gonna start that path this is the first step down the path of coming up with the idea yeah we're gonna spark something in that that brain of yours Mm. so we will start with the uh the the herald of the tome skill line uh this is the the damage focused skill line uh we'll start with the ultimate which is the unblinking eye uh, and I'll, I'll just read these the base abilities just word for word. So, uh, uh, tear open the fabric of the Arbus to, to summon a scion of Hermes Mora. Uh, this being casts forth a beam that rends asunder reality for six seconds and deals 1,115 magic damage uh, to enemies within five meters every 0.5 seconds. And the beam can be repositioned by recasting the ability. So it's kind of like uh, the DK shifting standard. You can recast it to reposition the AOE. Do you know if this beam, is this just a straight line beam? Like, does it move around on its own? So it, it's actually a it's actually an AOE on the ground. It's okay. like a big circle. Uh, it like there's a there's a beam animation playing. It's like a little tentacle creature that appears above your head, and he's, sh- he's shooting this like beam down to the ground. But it's putting a big circle ah, on the ground. That's that makes a damage. lot more sense. Makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah. And um, for me, I have a, a little like Arcanist build put together in the build editor here, just to kind of look at some tool tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a for me. This is a this this build has sixty two ninety three weapon damage and uh, thirty two thousand magicka. And that okay. ability has uh, a 5,500 tooltip. So 5,500 damage every 0.5 seconds. Quite a Ooh. bit of damage. Yeah, that's that's pretty good tooltip. And how long, how long does that last? For six seconds? Yeah, that's... Six seconds. That's pretty good little yeah. AoE. And you can recast it to reposition it. Um, and so then the morphs, we have uh, the Languid Eye. So uh, every 0.5 seconds, the beam's damage increases by uh, 7%. And it also applies a 50% snare to targets. So it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger the longer it goes on, and it snares people. Slowing people down. Uh, And then the Tide King's Gaze Morph, uh, the duration is increased to 8 seconds instead of 6 seconds, uh, and it automatically follows the initial target, and then it searches for a new target if the uh, original target is slain. Or I imagine if they they go out of range or something, it'll probably start searching for a new target too. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of I, I like both of those morphs. Like I, both those morphs are pretty good. Yeah, when I logged on to PTS to, and watched people dueling and stuff, it seemed like most of them were using that that morph there, the one that follows people. But even the other one, like a fifty percent snare, and if you can, you know, kind of recast it on them, like mm-hmm. not bad, not bad at all. It's good damage. It costs I think two hundred ultimate, like all three of their ultimates. Uh, it looks cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, the people that I've talked to that have tried it out says that they say it's really strong. So that's the, the main offensive ultimate. And then, uh, the regular active abilities, we have rune blades. This is the, uh, the class spammable. 
So uh, craft a series of ap apocryphal runes before launching them at a foe, dealing, this says, 695 magic damage three times and generating crux. Uh, this ability deals 3% increased damage for each active crux when cast. So obviously, you know, any tooltip we say here is going to scale with, you know, some stats that your character has. So that's 695. It's, it's obviously going to be a lot more than that. Yeah. But um, the wording says you craft a series of apocryphal runes, you know, so it makes it sound like your character's like sitting there like crafting something. But it's really you just throw it right at someone immediately. You know, just it's, it's, it's an immediate cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's three projectiles. It's like choo, 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 three projectiles in a row like that. And when you add all three up together, they basically equal the damage of a typical range spammable. So is it, is it kind of like, um, it kind of sounds like a, like a ranged rapid strikes. Is that kind of a decent description? Um, yeah. Less, less yeah. hits, but. Um, not a bad way. I also, it reminds me quite a bit of the, um, the sorcerers, uh, bound armaments, those daggers that appear above mm -hmm. their head and. Mm -hmm. You shoot them at someone, they kind of go in rapid succession. It's kind of like that. Okay. Um, it's also a little different. It's a range spammable, but it's slightly shorter than other range spammables. It has a 22 meter range instead of a 28 meter range. So got to be a little bit closer. Um, and uh, the cost is determined by your highest max resource. So it could be magic. It could be stamina, depending on your build. Interesting. That's a cool idea. Yeah, they have a, actually a few abilities that have that. I'll, I'll try to mention them as we go. Um, so the morphs, we have escalating rune blades. Uh, so that one deals uh, ramping damage. Uh, each each hit does more damage than the last. And then the last hit is an 8-meter AoE. Hits everyone in that, uh, in that blast area. Um, and then the writhing rune blades morph, uh, you gain between... 1095 and 2191 weapon and spell critical based on the number of crux that's active. So that'd be between 5 and 10% crit chance, basically, hmm. based on the number of uh, crux. So I imagine that's probably the one you would want for PvE, I'm yeah. guessing, and the other one you would want for PvP, probably, I guess. The only thing I have is on the escalating. The I feel like it could be tricky to try to make that AoE hit since it reduces the range so much. I feel like that could create some, you know, you'd have to you'd have to have some real movement there if if you're casting at range at tw you know 20 22 meters but then you've got to make sure you're within 8, you know, that 8 meters to get the AoE. Or is are you No, no, no. Oh, the, eight, not, the AoE is works. just 8 meters. That's a 8 meter circle is what it is. Yeah, so okay. it's the you hit them with all three rune blades and then the final one when it hits them it like explodes around your target in an 8 meter radius. Okay, that makes much more sense. Yeah, that yeah, I agree with you. I think that would be the one I would go with in a PVP. Mhm. Mm yeah, probably. Um but who knows? I mean, I someone may tell me may send be typing yeah. up an email right now telling telling us you, how wrong you we fools. Are. <laughs> 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 um and then we have the, the 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 infamous beam cannon, Fate Carver. Uh, harness pure knowledge into a beam of energy that scars the world in front of you. Channel the beam for up to four seconds. Actually, on the live server, it's 4.5 seconds. But this says four seconds. Uh, dealing 879 magic damage every 0.3 seconds. Uh, casting Fate Car Carver consumes all crux. 
uh, and increases damage done by 33% per crux spent. Mm. That'd be up to 100%, basically, or up to 99% yeah. increased damage for all three. So yeah, this is that big like beam cannon, free aim, like it doesn't lock on to targets, you know, it follows your cursor wherever you go. Um, it's super strong. It seems like this is where most of the class's power budget was put into. This is the 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 developers seem to really want you to use this ability to to have, you know, the full power potential of the class. It kind of seems to me in a weird way like this is the delayed burst. Like build your crux up and then use this ability. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a couple of other like little things to kind of help help you have some delayed burst as well, but this is this is the big boy right here for sure. Do you have a do you have an idea like in that build editor, do you have an idea of what like the tooltip is with some weapon and spell damage? Let's see here. So um 4367 every 0.3 seconds. So and you could basically double that. So it would be 8,000 or 9,000 something. Every 0.3 seconds? So you're looking mm-hmm. at like 20, that's, you know, that's, a, that's over 20K per second. Yeah, yeah, and it goes on for uh, for 4.5 seconds. Wow. Uh, and it's fun, it looks cool, like I've played around with it a little bit, and I just unlocked it actually on my character, like this morning, uh, and it is pretty fun. I have yet to see it used effectively, and actually, I don't think I've seen anyone try to use it at all in a battleground, just the, the handful that I've done. I just feel like it'd be uh, so hard to hit someone. I, and that's just, I've never even tried to use it or control it, but. Mm-hmm. How, there right. is an aim assist feature in the settings that's actually enabled by default. So it, it doesn't exactly lock on to targets, but it does kind of follow them a little bit. It does help, but mm. still in PvP, I just. People are so erratic, you know, like high MMR. Yeah. You're, it's just not going to, I don't Line I feel like side. it's not going to work. Yeah. I feel like these beam cannon, like builds that are really kind of going for the beam cannon thing. I feel like it's probably going to be like necro bombers using dark convergence, you know, where it's like, it'll be really effective once or twice in a battleground. And then after that, everyone's ready for it and it's never going to work again. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be like that. Yeah. It's kind of a cool idea for a skill, though, because like if there's a really talented player out there that is just amazing with aiming this, like they've just got great aim with it, like it mm-hmm. would re- it would highly reward that player, like for for being that skilled. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, but then you you run into like uh, server desyncs and stuff, which is actually a lot more common than you may even realize. Like you're never perfectly lined up with the person on the other end of things yeah. as far as timing goes, and the server's just trying to approximate a lot of things. That's I think a great it, point. It's gonna be pretty tough, but um, it's still a neat idea for an ability, though. I'm like, I'm I'm glad that they have this thing. I kind of am wishing that the power budget wasn't so heavily weighted into this ability. Um, but it's just a neat idea for an ability anyway. Think how cool it's, it, that ability is just for, from a PVE standpoint, like slow the beam on and just mow down an entire mob. Yeah. Well, and like from parses that I've seen on YouTube and stuff, it it is just, it's about building up that crux and beam, build up the crux and beam. Hmm. And that's the rotation basically. Uh, and this is another one that costs the highest of your max resources. So it could be magicka or stamina. Um, so the morphs we have exhausting fate carver. Uh, it applies a fifteen percent snare per crux, uh, in addition to the the base ability. 
And then we have Pragmatic Fate Carver. Uh, while channeling, you also gain a damage shield that absorbs up to 3725 damage and uh, grants interrupt immunity uh, while, the, while the shield holds. Mm. So it just helps you, you know, hold that beam for, yeah. for a little while. I don't know if that 30, that 3725, I'm guessing that probably scales with your max health and magicka. So maybe it'll, it'll be bigger than that. Um, that would probably be the one I would want to use of I, those two. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm not even really, that damage shield doesn't even really do a whole lot for me. It's really that interrupt immunity. If I'm going to spend crux to do this and I, and I need those four seconds to hit a lot of damage, the fact that I know nobody can interrupt it is, that's pretty nice. Yeah. And you probably would not even want to try to cast this without crux. Like just the, the yeah. base ability with, with no crux, you're better off hitting a spammable than that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but then you get that crux and it, it can really hit. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fate Carver. I'm definitely going to try to make it work since that is kind of what the class is. It seems like that's what they're all about is that ability. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Um, so next up we have Abyssal Impact. This is the tentacle arm. Um, so infuse your arm with Abyssal Magic to form tentacles that lash out at your foes, dealing 1939 physical damage. Uh, enemies are immobilized for 3 seconds and marked with Abyssal Ink for 20 seconds. You deal 5% increased damage to enemies drenched in Abyssal Ink. Uh, and it costs stamina. Base ability is a stamina ability. Um, so yeah, it's it's basically just an AOE spammable that immobilizes people, mm -hmm. and and it, and it applies this abyssal ink thing that uh, basically just applies a debuff that makes them take five percent increased damage from you. It says you deal five percent increased damage to enemies drenched in abyssal ink. So I'm guessing, even if a a different arcanist oh. applies the ab abyssal ink, you still get the five percent increased damage. I'm guessing. This ability kind of gives me the uh, Necro Scythe ability vibes. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's probably better than that. Yeah, uh, a little bit better, but kind of the... Kinda I think the... it's like a 15 meter range. It's a really long range. Oh, wow. That's a lot more than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's really huge. Um, and so then for the morphs, we have Cephaliarch's Flail. So I think this, I think this dude's like a cephalopod, right? I think I guess that's ah. where that, that word's coming from. Cephaliarch's flail. Sure, um, his, his flail. <laughs> so basically, when you when you hit someone, then it, it also will give you a heal, uh, and it will generate crux. I think the heal is health based, um, and it deals up to one hundred percent more damage to enemies under fifty percent health. So it's um, uh, it's an execute. It's an AOE execute. In addition to immobilizing and doing the abyssal ink, you know the base mm -hmm. ability stuff. Um, and then we have the other morph, Tentacular Dread, uh, converts into a magic ability and deals frost damage. Uh, it consumes all crux and increases damage by twenty percent, and then it increases damage to enemies drenched in abyssal ink by an additional two percent per crux spent. <laughs> My goodness. That's a, that's a lot. But basically, if you consume any crux at all, you're going to get a 20% increase to the damage, uh, plus an extra 2% for each crux that you consume. So it'd be a maximum of 26%. That's what I was about to say. Damage, you you can think. only have a maximum of three crux, right? Like it caps out. Yeah. Right, right. So, uh, so yeah, you can build up three crux and then have a 26% increased damage uh, from this thing, uh, or you can use the 
the execute morph with the 100% increased damage to or up to 100% increased damage to enemies below 50% health. That that seems like the one I would want to use for PvP, the execute one. But yeah. uh, they both seem pretty strong. To me, what like stands out is that I would have to compare this ability. Obviously, like you said, it has a really long range. But at AOE execute, I would have to compare this to spend to win and kind of weigh the range and the, the damage and see kind of how those two match up against each other. Let's see. I'll tell you right now, buddy. All right. Let's hear it. Let's see. So this is in the build editor, so things might not be exact, but let's see. So spend to win has a 9K tooltip, just like 9,026. It's 100% execute, up to 100% damage to enemies below 50% health, so the same execute modifier. Well, plus the passive, the, the dual wield passive, right? Oh, so you get another 25% from that. Yeah, you're right. It's 125. And then, so this one is a, a little bit higher tooltip, 9729, so like 700 more with the same execute modifier. So it's similar. Yeah. Similar I mean, to spin to win. A little bit a little bit much more, longer range. Yeah, I was going to say, a little bit more of a range. And yeah, you get that, that Abyssal Ink thing. You get the Immobilize. That's not bad at all. Yeah, way longer range. Looks cool. Seems pretty good. Yeah, seems very good. So, Tome Bearer's Inspiration is the next active ability. Etch a series of runes uh, onto your weapon that pulse with power once every five seconds. Each pulse enhances your class abilities. Uh, and striking an enemy with one deals an additional 1161 magic damage and generates crux if you if you have none. Uh, while slotted on either ability bar, gain major brutality and major sorcery. So this is your, your major damage buff. Uh, it grants it to you passively, but you only have to mm. slot it on one bar, and you get it on both bars. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so this thing, etch a series of runes onto your weapon that pulse with power every five seconds. So yeah, every five seconds, this thing will do a pulse, which kind of imbues your class abilities with this, like one single instance of additional damage. If you hit anybody with any class ability, it'll do this additional magic damage. And then that's it until the next pulse, you know, five seconds later, and then you get another instance of extra damage. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Oh yeah, for, so for me the tooltip's about 6k when whenever your class abilities deal that extra damage with with my my little okay. You know, example build I have put together here, uh it'll deal about 6k additional damage. So there's another kind of delayed burst thing that they have built in there. It's going to be hard to kind of predict I think when exactly it's going to hit. Um but, you know, it's some some extra burst damage you'll have. Uh the morphs we have inspired scholarship um, and all that does is it makes it pulse every three seconds instead of five seconds. So you'll get to hit more often with that extra damage. Uh, and then the other morph is Recuperative Treatise. Um, and uh, so it's back to the five second pulse, but the pulse restores 600 magicka and stamina uh, every time. So that'd be equivalent to uh, 240 recovery of each. Wow. That's, that's the one I would go with is the recovery. You go for this, the recovery one? Yeah. I- to me, what an easy, great way. I mean, I, I'll say this. After seeing this ability, I would argue this is the best weapon damage buff in the game. Oh, yeah. It's so nice. The fact that it gives it to you passively and yeah. does this extra thing. And you can throw it on your back like throw it on your back bar, and you're, you're just getting it 
at all times. Like it doesn't even matter what bar you throw it on. Like throw it mm-hmm. in the, the the spot that you least need to use. Um, even or even if you do use it as an ability, it's a great ability with it. Additional damage, you get sustain out of it. Like you get a little bit of everything out of this. I mean, just really good all yeah. around. It also makes your weapon look really cool too. It like makes it all glowy and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think I would use the one that pulses every three seconds. I think that's I would go for the more damage one and and maybe switch if I feel like I need the sustain. But honestly, unless they get some nerfs, man, you're not going to need that sustain. That is I'm true. Telling you. That is true. So yeah, great. That's a great ability. Yeah, good all around. Next up, we have the imperfect ring. Summon a flawed rune under an enemy that etches foes nearby with scrawled glyphs. Dealing 4631 magic damage over 20 seconds. Uh, an ally near the initial target can activate the Rune Break synergy, uh, dealing 2698 frost damage to enemies within 7 meters. So, yeah, my own rewording you basically you cast this on someone and it does this AoE burst that applies a dot to everyone that it hits, uh, and then someone can activate this synergy. Um, for for me, the tooltip is about 13k. Does a 13k blast in a 7 meter area when somebody wow. hits that synergy. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, this one costs the lowest of your of your max resource pools. Wow. Okay. Kind of interesting. That is interesting. Um, the morphs, we have Fulminating Rune. So uh, the rune lingers on the initial target for six seconds before detonating, uh, and then it deals 1438 frost damage to enemies within seven meters, uh, and then up to three allies uh, can use the synergy, the rune break synergy. And again, the, my actual tooltip with stats is about 13k, so you, can have, you could coordinate a group, get three people to hammer that thing at the same time, and... That's a real people up. Yeah, I'm getting real some real bomb vibes with that. Oh yeah. But like a team bomb though. You have yeah. to like coordinate it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a pretty cool idea. It is a cool idea. Uh and then the other morph is Rune of Displacement. This is Dark Convergence the ability. <laughs> uh it's really it's really not that bad, but it will probably be kind of annoying. So um uh, it pulls in nearby enemies. You cast it on somebody, and then after a two-second delay, it pulls in people around them and then applies that dot to, to everyone. Um, so it's just like a CC ability. I don't know. They're both pretty good. That that pull-in could be really handy, I think. But, man, that's a lot of potential damage from that three-synergy one, too. You could, you know, I, I see the, the three-synergy one being widely used in Cyrodiil, Imperial City, but even in a like a really well organized uh battleground group. Pre made BGs, oh yeah, absolutely. Man, you could blow up a whole team with that. Two teams. You could blow up two other teams yeah. with that. Pretty wild. Well, I'm sure you could uh I'm sure you could you know what? I bet this is why they changed Harmony. Can you imagine this with Harmony? Like everybody in the group wearing Harmony and <laughs> Oh wow! I bet, I bet you're right. But they had this idea for this ability, and we're like, "Oh, we can't let Harmony go live." <laughs> They've got some internal testers that threw Harmony on a build and tested this thing, and they went, "You, you got to do something. <laughs> you got to do something. This isn't going to work." That's funny. I just thought of that. Um, so that seems like a fun ability. Um, so that's all of the active abilities from that skill line, from the damage skill line. Uh, the passives we have: uh, Faded Fortune. 
Warp Fate when you generate or consume Crux, increasing your critical damage and critical healing by 12% for 7 seconds. I think you can assume that's basically just going to be a permanent 12% crit damage stack, and healing. Right? Like it's not a stackable thing. No. Just, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, it'll just refresh, I think. 12% um, is quite a bit. Like that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's like a Munda Stone, I think. Yeah. So yeah, that'll just be basically be permanently active really easily. Harnessed Quintessence, you master the warp and welt of your very soul. <laughs> when you restore <laughs> magic or stamina, increase your weapon and spell damage by 5% for 10 seconds. So, of course, you have magic and stamina recovery. You're always restoring those resources. So that's basically going to be permanent too. Weapon and spell damage, 5% boost. That's actually really valuable. There are not a lot of percentage increases yeah. to weapon and spell damage. Um, that's one of the very few sources of that. That's pretty nice. That's quite a bit. Do you do you have a number like just on your test build of how much weapon and spell damage that's given? Um, let's see. I could probably figure that out. Here, harness quintessence. Okay, so so it's actually not active right now. So I have sixty two ninety three. If I activate harness quintessence, that takes it up to sixty five twenty. So like two hundred something. Yeah. That's not bad. That's really good for just a passive yeah. that's just happening all the time. That's yeah, just it's just you know, not something you have to think about. It's going to be permanently mm -hmm. active just automatically, basically. That's really good. It's a great passive. They have so many awesome passives. Yeah, they, like the whole toolkit's pretty nice, but the passives are the best part of the class by far. They have some amazing passives. I think some of their passives will have to be nerfed eventually. Yeah. Um, the next one is Psychic Lesion. Uh, your attacks wound the mind with heretical knowledge, increasing your damage dealt with status effects by 15% and status effect chance by 75%. That, I don't remember that from PTS, but uh, increase your chance to apply status effects by 75%. That's increase one, the damage of them by 15 That's one when we get later on I'm going to come back to. I got, I, I, got some, I got some thoughts on that. Well, I got some thoughts. That that definitely should be a necromancer passive, in my opinion. <laughs> it absolutely should be. That really um, has nothing to do with the theme of this class, and it has everything to do with the theme of the necromancer class. Yes. I, well, I, I'll just say it now. We don't have to wait. You know, we'll throw it out there now. Uh, I won't name names, but um, I I was in a BG and saw a arcanist utilizing this this passive, you know, specifically. Uh huh. Had a very dot focused uh, arcanist, and it was unbelievably oppressive. Oh yeah, um, I bet you could do like a serpent's disdain or heartland conqueror, either one, to just really ramp that stuff yep. up. Uh, of course, they you know they had the the twin slashes, the the drag is it dragon star arena. Um, oh yeah, the master's dual wheel, the yeah. master's uh -huh. dual wheel. I mean, it was it was oppressive. It was mm -hmm. highly good results. And and every BG that I saw that specific Arcanist in, highest damage in the BG by a good amount. Yeah, I think I think you can really crutch on that passive there. I, I think that that like if 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 we're talking about like a an Arcanist meta and BGs, I think that is what we're going to see with it. Yeah, I would I would take a look at Serpent's Disdain and Heartland Conqueror with the charged weapon trait. Mm-hmm. Be, be a really good option and like you just you know you read it there but you cannot understate the increased static status effect chance by 75 percent. just 
that on top of the damage dealt, like that's that's a lot. And fifty percent, fifteen percent is a lot. That's yeah. a lot. You know, we just talked about what five percent did damage wise. Like fifteen percent is a lot of extra damage. Yeah, that's a that's a juicy passive. Yeah. Um, next one is splintered secrets. Uh, what they don't know can kill them. <laughs> Increase. <laughs> I love those. Oh the, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Bad. It's so yeah. good. Increase your physical and spell penetration by 991 per Herald of the Tome ability slotted. So it's similar to that Warden ability with the Animal Companions, the, the Warden passive with the Animal mm-hmm. Companions. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. So that is the Herald of the Tome skill line, great skill line, especially the passives. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Curative Rune Form. So this is the healing skill line. Uh, the ultimate is the ultimate's weird to me. I don't I don't know if I like this ultimate. Uh, <laughs> vitalizing glyphic is what it's called. Um, summon an apocryphal glyphic, uh, which you and your allies can heal. The glyphic spawns at thirty percent health and grows stronger the more you heal it. Uh, the power within the glyphic grants you up to two hundred weapon and spell damage. Uh, so up to so that's the maximum. Uh, and heals you and your allies uh, around it for up to 927 health every one second in proportion to its health. So basically, when you when you heal it up to 100% health, then everyone in the group is going to have 200 extra weapon and spell damage, and they're going to be getting this hot for 927 every one second. Do you, what's, um, do you, can you see what that heal is with kind of, you know, regular numbers? Oh, so 4150 health every one second uh, is what my tooltip shows here. It's pretty good. Yeah. So that's a, that is a strong heal. It's like a lot of work you're putting into this thing, though, to like get it to do its thing. But I don't know, maybe it's like stronger than it seems and it'll be worth it. But it's like, I feel like there are ultimates that do that much just from reg, just from casting it like normal. Just doing the regular thing. But it gives just you that weapon it, to spell yeah. damage. This to me, like it, it might not be any good, but it's just wacky enough that it's got my attention. Yeah, it is wacky. I guess a glyphic is uh like I don't know, like some kind of stone figure thing or something. Yeah, I wonder what that is. What what is an uh, apocryphal glyphic? I do not know. It has a fifteen second duration. It must be some sort of creature. It has a health bar. Yeah. So anyway. And then the morphs, we have um, Glyphic of the Tides. So this one spawns at 53% health instead of 30%. Uh, and then it also provides major protection when you get it to full health, in addition to the other stuff. Uh, and then the Resonating Glyphic Morph, you deal damage to it instead of heal it. And that's what powers it up. And it spawns at 70% health. Otherwise, no difference. You just damage it instead of heal it. Otherwise, it just does the stuff that the base ability does. That's a weird one to me. Yeah, I don't like the damaging because it's like, I don't want to be, you know, I'm looking at it from a PvP standpoint. I don't want to be wasting my damage on that. Like, to me, I like the heal more for, for a, a BG sense because, you know, if you're a healer, you could, you, I don't, I don't know how much healing it takes to get this thing up, but if it's like, you know, another character, then it, I, I think you could get it healed up pretty easily. Uh, and then start, you know, getting that buff. Uh, I kind of like that idea, but the damage one really, I don't like that one for, for a BG. I kind of wish that you got a much bigger reward for having it at full health. And I, and I also wish that it lasted a lot longer because I, I like the idea that like your enemies really don't want you to have it at full health. Your enemies are incentivized to attack 
the mm-hmm. ultimate instead yeah. of you, you know, because yep. if that ultimate's at full health, it's bad news for them. And I feel like right now it's not a th- enough of a threat where you, you would probably still just continue to ignore it, you know. So I, it's a it's an interesting idea. I think if you get it at full health, uh, you should do a lot more. And then we have something interesting on our hands. And because then you're yeah, then you're prompting enemies to attack it. That's going to take the pressure off of your team. Um, introduces a whole new kind of gameplay. Yeah. Uh, so that's the ultimate. So with the active abilities, we have Rune Mend. This is your main like spammable burst heal, basically. Uh, and it's kind of like the uh, the Rune Blades damage spammable. You do these three kind of rapid successive things. Uh, so craft a series of precise apocryphal runes, then propel them at yourself or an ally in front of you. The runes heal for, this says 1161 health three times, uh, and generate crux. Uh, each active crux reduces the cost of the, the ability by 3%. So I'll tell you my tooltip here. It is uh, fifty-three fifty-nine. Wow! You know, then time then times three, so that's like a fifteen k heal, not including the crux buff. For the base ability just reduces the cost when you consume crux. It doesn't oh, okay. increase okay. the heal. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, but it generates crux when you cast it. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so yeah, it does not consume crux. So uh, that's an important thing. So each active crux reduces the cost of the ability, but it does not consume the crux when you cast it and so it just keeps doing that um so the morphs we have audacious rune mend uh healing a target under 50 percent health grants them minor heroism for six seconds and then we have evolving rune mend uh which uh applies an additional six second heal over time uh let's see here i'm, I'm interested in that evolving one yeah how strong is that hot so my tooltip here is 5835 over 6 seconds. So not crazy strong, like just under 1k heals per second tooltip wise. But so it's like kind of a, a weaker uh, polar wind, like the Warden's polar wind. Yeah. I like having a burst heal that also gives me a heal over time. That's just kind of a convenient bar space wise kind of Yeah. keeping keeping the bar space tidy. Uh what's the what's the cost on this ability? I think it's a typical like burst heal. Um, let's see, like four four thousand thirty nine ninety thirty nine ninety three. Yeah, that's uh that's with a Breton. That's as a Breton. It's actually kind of expensive. Well, it'd be about what thirty six hundred if you've got the crux. Oh yeah, probably. That's interesting. So anyway, that's the class burst heal. Uh. Let make sure I'm not. Oh yeah. So um, next up we have Remedy Cascade. This is the healing version of the Beam Cannon. So um, channel the Abyssal Sea to coalesce a beam of restorative energy. The beam heals you and your allies in its path for eleven thousand three hundred ten health over four point five seconds. Uh, consume Crux to also restore seven twenty eight Magicka and stamina per Crux spent uh, to your allies over the four point five seconds. So I'll give you the tooltip really quick here for a for a real build. Um, so fifty thousand, just over Good fifty thousand, over over four point five seconds. Good night. And then yeah, um, and then you can yeah you re- you consume crux to get that uh, magicka and stamina. 
Uh, this one also costs the highest of your max resources. Um, mm. And then the morphs, the Cascading Fortune heals for up to 50% more based on uh, your target's missing health. Uh, and then the Curative Surge morph, um, the beam gradually grows stronger the longer you channel it, healing for up to 192% more at the end of its duration. So one's kind of like a reverse execute, right? When you yeah. when you heal someone that's low on health, it heals them for 50% more or up to 50% more. Um, and the other one just grows stronger the longer you hold it. I mean, you know, I think it goes, a lot goes into like how easy is it going to be to hit your allies with this, but this just seems like an insanely strong heal. Yeah. And I also feel like this is, this beam might actually be kind of easy to use in BGs as long as your teammates know that it's a friendly beam and not to dodge out of it, you know, you're, you probably can use it pretty effectively if you kind of practice and get good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing that in action. That's an interesting, this, this free aim beam thing is a, just a neat idea. Yeah, it is a really cool idea. Next ability we have Chakram Shields, uh, carve the runes of the blind man to call forth <laughs> spinning mystical discs, <laughs> uh, discs surround you or up to four allies in front of you, granting a shield that absorbs 3159 damage for six seconds. Uh, discs prefer your reticle target or low health targets without shields. Well, we got it. We got to get the tooltip, the real tooltip. Yep. It is. So this is in PVP 4216. So not oh. huge. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you had another digit there. I was about to be like, no, whoa, no. whoa. It's like 4,000. Yeah, that's 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 not that's not enough for for PVP purposes. But you can uh, you can apply it to four people at a time. That's that's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, this is another one that costs the highest of your max resources. The Morris we have Chakram of Destiny. Um, so that this one generates crux uh, and then recasting the shield on a target uh, that already has the shield uh, increases the max strength of the shield by 30%. Makes it a little bigger. Uh, and then the other morph, Tidal Chakram, uh, consumes crux to cause the shields to heal uh, for 33% of the shield's remaining strength every one, per, every one second per crux spent. Hmm. So it just kind of gives you a little heal over time. It's kind of like the uh, the Resto Staff damage shield ability. Yeah. Doesn't that give you like a heal over time? I think so, yeah. That one doesn't seem crazy strong. They have another shield ability that we'll talk about here in a little while that seems like kind of the better option from what I've seen. Um, next ability we have Arcanist Domain. Draw forth your tome and invoke the... Uh, Vigoratum of Hermes Mora. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> to, to conjure a vortex of eldritch power. Uh, standing in this vortex grants you and your allies minor courage, minor fortitude, minor intellect, and minor endurance. Uh, yeah, that's what it does. Uh, it has a 20 second duration. Uh, so yeah, you put this AOE on the ground and anyone standing in it gets mi uh, minor courage and then all three minor recovery buffs. Uh, and then we have the Morph's Reconstructive Domain uh, provides an AOE hot in addition to that. It's about, my tooltip's about 1k heals per second. Uh, and then the other morph is Xena's Empowering Discs. Uh, these effects cling to you 
uh, and your allies for up to 10 seconds after leaving the vortex. So it just kind of sticks to them. You don't, they don't have to stay standing in it to, to continue getting those benefits. Yeah, that, that to me is the one to go on a PvP standpoint. I, I really like the idea of, of just a, a support character having an ability that throws a bunch of buffs to their allies. And it's a sticky buff, so like I, I could see that being really, yeah. really heavily used in BGs. Minor courage and all three minor recoveries. Just boom, here, here you go, yep. everybody. Enjoy. Oop, you all ten, got them. Ten seconds yeah. at a time, easy. Yes. And uh, what's the... How big is this thing? It's an eight-meter radius. That's pretty big. That's yeah. like Grothdar. Yeah. That's really good. That That's just a really... like I don't think it's like a... A, an overpowered skill but just a great skill for a support character yeah it's actually really nothing crazy it's just like here's some just nice buffs to have mm -hmm. you're welcome yeah i really like that one uh even if you want to use the one with the the heal over time as well that's good too yeah, also not bad yeah it's big enough where it's it's fairly usable how uh how expensive is it it's uh oh wait that's the wrong ability 3288 as a really, button, it's really not bad. Your mo is it Magicka or your most expensive? Yeah. Like, okay, it's Magicka. It's just Magicka. Uh, so here's the portal, apocryphal gate. Um, breach the world walls to create a portal at a target location. Uh, its twin appears directly before you. Crossing the threshold allows you to teleport from one to the other for as long as the portals remain open. Uh, and it generates a crux every time you teleport. Hmm. So it does have the, the seven second cooldown, so you, you cannot cast it again until that seven second cooldown is up, but you can pop back and forth between the portals as many times as you like uh, during that seven seconds. Um, the morphs, we have fleet-footed gate. Uh, after teleporting, you gain major expedition for five seconds, and then we have the other morph passage between worlds, uh, which uh, basically gives your allies a synergy that will allow them to use the portal as well. I would use the Major Expedition one, I think. Well, I don't know. They're both they're both good, actually. I yeah, I really like the idea of the of the one that allows the allies to use it. I I, I think this is another ability to me that if somebody gets really good with these portals, like just you know, it's kind of more of a higher skill, higher reward example to me. If if you've got an Arcanist that's really good with these portals and sets them up for the team to use, like there, I think there's some really cool possibilities of what could be done there. Yeah, you know, uh, thinking of like coordinated team play. What if yeah. we use that ultimate that has the three synergy thing? We could all like portal in, bomb, portal out. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. Or I could just see some like you know an Imperial City or Cyrodiil, like. You know, there's there's some cool things I feel like you could do with this portal, like with a like with a coordinated group of of movement and moving around. And no, I bet in time we'll see some people do some really interesting stuff in groups with that. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, and then the passives for the healing skill line we have: healing tides. Uh, your mastery of weaving fate and abyssal water increases your healing done by three percent for each act of crux. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. Then we have Hideous Clarity. Uh, you've stared too long into the abyss. When you generate Crux, you restore 225 Magicka or Stamina, whichever maximum is higher. And 
you're generating crux all the time, so you'll be yeah. getting that quite a bit. Um, we have erudition. It says, uh, knowledge is power. Your excessive scholarship increases your magicka and stamina recovery by 18%. Just, I like the, the, the fanciful word, wording. All this is is you have 18% extra magicka yeah. and stamina recovery. Just no condition. You don't have to activate it. No. It's just there all the time. This is and it, this is just ridiculous. I mean, combi- this is the kind of recovery I think that you were alluding to earlier. It's, yes, you talk about like even that previous ability. You're generating crux all the time. That's a lot of recovery. Your your base recoveries are already increased by eighteen percent, which is a massive percentage. Um, there, this is a this is I would I would say that this is a class that has its own built in recovery. Like you would have to do minimal, very little, if any at all. To, to set your recovery numbers up to a comfortable level. Like, it's almost already built into the class. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, honestly, um, Wretched Vitality, probably not even necessary. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's needed. Like, eighteen an 18% boost, just permanent, it's unconditional massive. to Magicka and Stamina Recovery is pretty darn huge. And... It's not. It's not like a, a unique buff. So, like, let's go back to. Or it that, is unique, is what you mean. Well, it yeah, is unique, yeah, so yeah, it stacks. yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to that buff. Like, you know, you're you're throwing the 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 minor fortitude, intellect, and endurance on here. So yeah. you're getting eighteen percent. You throw that ability down. You're getting fifteen percent on top of that. You've got this previous passive where you're getting two twenty five of your major. I mean, it's just wild how much recovery we're talking. Um, yeah, just just like base class, you know, without any without adding anything additional. And if you wanted to that uh, that class um, damage buff ability, if that morph that gives you resources every five seconds, you know, yep. I mean, there's you have so many sustain options with this class. I this is one that I'm surprised actually went live with the 18. percent I was expecting that number to come down. That, uh, for them to change that passive entirely. I mean, they already have yeah. plenty of sustain tools. You know, compared to other classes, they have ample sustain tools without this passive. That thing could drop down to 5%, and I would probably argue that it's still a pretty good passive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you seriously. Know? Yeah, it definitely needs to be lower. Or it honestly doesn't even need to exist. It needs. It should just be something different, I think. They have yeah. plenty of sustain without it. Yeah. And then we have intricate rune forms. Your status as Illuminatus Reduces the cost and increases the strength of your damage shields by ten percent. They're kind of stepping on uh, stepping on sorcerer's toes there a little bit as far <laughs> as being like the damage shield class. They have multiple damage shield abilities here, and now they have a whole passive just dedicated to making them the best at using damage shields. Basically, yeah, all great passes once again. And and to, yeah. and and we'll you know we're get, we're going to get to even more great passes, but. I think the part about their passives that stand out the most to me is that usually that's like passives are, are a lot of them are tied to that specific skill line or they're tied to the specific class. Like most of these passives we talked about are just here it is. You've got it. Use whatever abilities you want. Doesn't yeah, matter. it's like open and applies yeah. to any and everything. It's just yeah. like here it is. You've got it. Don't worry about it. So that that's the part that probably stood out the most to me and, and why I think the, the passives are so incredibly strong. Yeah, they're they're man, they're such good passes. All right, so that is um the healing skill line. So next up we have Soldier of Apocrypha. This is the one that is uh more tanking focused. Um 
the ultimate is called gibbering shield, like a, like you're a gibbering idiot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gibbering shield, uh, gather the true strength of Apocrypha around you, forming protective tentacles and a damage shield that absorbs 60% of all damage for 10 seconds, uh, up to a max of 31,732 damage, scaling off your max health. Uh, when the shield collapses, you lash out dealing all of the damage absorbed as magic damage uh, to enemies within 5 meters over 10 seconds. So you cast this ultimate, it gives you, it's not a normal damage shield, it lasts for the full 10 seconds uh, and it reduces all incoming damage by 60%. Um, I, and I guess it maxes out at a certain point depending on your max health. Um, and then once it's done, once you've once that maximum has been reached, or once the ten seconds expires, uh, then it, it explodes and applies a dot to everyone that's within five meters of you. Um, hmm. That maximum shield strength can be different. It can scale. Like when I have a thirty-five k health, it's uh, it's like a thirty-six k tooltip. Okay. You know? So it doesn't take that much to bump that thing up pretty quite a bit. Okay. Then we have the Gibbering Shelter Morph. Uh, when the shield absorbs damage, uh, these pseudopods lash out uh, uh, at up to six allies within 15 meters, granting them a damage shield uh, for four seconds that absorbs uh, 5462 damage. Uh, and those shields can be reapplied every one second. And uh, both shields apply off of your, uh, they scale off of your max health. So that one's pretty cool. This is actually a really nice defensive ultimate. So like, um, like if you're like really under heavy fire, you cast this thing, and as long as you're taking continuous damage, like if you're standing in caltrops or something like that, then you're just refreshing the shield on your allies every second, over yeah. and over. And um, my uh, my tooltip, uh, it's like a four K. Let me see. Let me look. I'm going off of memory, but let me just make sure I I have it right. Uh, yeah, it's like a 4,800 4, damage shield, which sounds pretty small, but if it's refreshing every second, it's actually really nice. You can almost look at that as kind of like a hot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, ex exactly. A 4,000 something hot. Is um, that, is that 4,000 after the, the PVP? Yeah, that's in PVP. That's the PVP. Wow. Number. Wow. 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 Yeah. And that yeah. same thing with that 36,000 damage shield that was in PVP? Uh, yes, that's with bits in PVP. Wow. Yeah. Um, so very strong defensive very strong. ultimate. I'm not crazy <laughs> about defensive ultimates in PVP, but this one's probably going to be, uh, labeled annoying by both of us at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is like a, almost like a better version of barrier. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the it really is. Alliance war ultimate. Yep. Mm hmm. So that's that morph, and then we have the uh, Sanctum of the Abyssal Sea morph, which seems way less interesting. It just increases the max size by about 6,000 damage. So it does not give your allies that that shield thing. So that yeah, that one seems way less interesting. Yeah, yeah. First one seems a lot better. So that's the ultimate. Uh, for the active abilities, we have Runic Jolt. Uh, craft a defensive apocryphal rune that deals 1161 magic damage and applies minor maim for 15 seconds. Uh, the rune also taunts for 15 seconds if it would not cause taunt immunity. 
Maybe some tanks out there knows what that means. I've never tanked properly before, so I don't know how to <laughs> cause taunt immunity. Oh, I guess you can like over taunt things. So maybe this prevents you from over taunting. That's kind of nice. Um, and it generates crux when you use it as well. Uh, and then while slotted, damage, is take, damage taken is reduced by 2% per active crux. So yeah, basically my, my rewording is it, it's a class taunt, it applies minor maim, it generates crux, and you get 2% damage mitigation per active crux. Uh, and then your morphs, we have runic embrace, um, so it gives you like an instant health-based heal when you use it as well, uh, and it also applies minor lifesteal in addition to the other stuff. And then the runic sunder morph, uh, it converts into a stamina ability and deals physical damage. And it applies a unique 2200 uh, armor debuff. So that seems like probably the the one of choice for PvE if you're a tank trying to yeah. give your, your group as much damage as possible. I don't know, unless you're already over-penetrating, then that may, may not be valuable. So it's, I guess it depends on the group. It's, un it's, it's unique to me how many... Uh, I don't know if that's the right word for that, but it, it's, it's interesting to me how many unique buffs this class has. Yeah, yeah, like not a named, like, surprising that's not like Minor Breach or something like that. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of unique buffs mm -hmm. and debuffs that it has. What's up, KDMS? Thanks for joining us, man. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I don't really tank, so I don't know which morph <laughs> seems better to me. That, that unique 2200 armor debuff is kind of nice. and I don't know if it would actually be used all that much in a PvE setting now that I think about it, because I think most groups probably hit that pen penetration cap pretty easily. So I guess probably the other morph, the one that gives you a heal and gives you lifesteal, might be more useful. Yeah. But, you know, even ignoring the taunt, I'm just thinking from for, like, PvP purposes, you're applying minor maim, uh... And Arm minor lifesteal, and you're getting a heal. Or or you're doing the armor de debuff. Yeah, even the armor debuff I could see being pretty decent in PvP. Minor maim and armor debuff. Yeah. Not bad. I don't know if it'd be worth a bar slot. Yeah, I don't know if that's very useful in PvP, but maybe. I, I mean, you're all, I mean, that damage taken reduced by 6% if you have the three crux, too. Next ability is Rune Spite Ward. Uh, like the Rune Knights of old, summon a shield that absorbs 4,800 damage for six seconds, scaling off your max health. Uh, the first time you take damage, the shield retaliates and deals magic damage to the attacker, scaling off of your armor. Uh, and then you consume Crux to heal yourself for 1,600 health, scaling off your max health per crux spent. So obviously those numbers can be a lot bigger depending on your health. Yep. Um, and so then the morphs we have Impervious Rune Ward. It doubles the shield size for the first one second that it's active. This is the shield ability everyone says is like OP, by the way. Um, that one second duration of, of that shield size being doubled, it sounds like insignificant, but it's apparently very, very useful from, uh, from what I've been told by, by Uncle Sam and others who've used it. Huh. Um, let's see here. Mine is a yeah, 4227 damage shield. And then that can be doubled, you know, for that for that one second. 
Uh, and then we have Spite Ward of the Lucid Mind is the other morph. Uh, it refunds 30% of the cost uh, per crux spent. Hmm. That one seems boring. Just reduces the cost. We're already, yeah. We have infinite sustain yeah, as it is. Yeah, we don't, so. need the, don't need the sustain. Uh, so the one, the one that doubles the size for that first second that it's active, that's the one. That's the one to use. And it's apparently very, very good. I haven't tried it yet, but I've been told by multiple people, multiple very good PvP players, that it's extremely good. Hmm. so next ability we have this is the class armor buff this is a it's called fate woven armor the base ability forge defiant runic armor around you granting major resolve for 20 seconds uh while the armor persists taking damage applies minor breach reducing the armor of your attacker by oh yeah we know what minor breach does <laughs> uh Applies minor breach. So yeah, uh, this is your major armor buff, and then when somebody uh, deals damage to you, it applies minor breach to them. Uh, and then the morphs, we have Crux Weaver armor, and uh, it adds an extra two, uh, 10 seconds to the duration, so it's 30 seconds instead of 20 seconds. Uh, and it generates Crux when you take damage. That's pretty handy. Um, and then the other morph is Unbreakable Fate. It gives you an extra 5% block mitigation plus an additional 5% block mitiga mitigation per crux consumed. So when you cast it, it'll consume crux. Um, if, it, if it consumes all three crux, I mean, what, that's, that's 5, 10, 15, plus the 5% the that you automatically get from the, the ability itself. So 20% extra yeah. block mitigation. So that'd be like having five pieces of sturdy armor. That's like <laughs> worth five sturdy pieces of armor right there. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, pretty nice very good I, I i would from a pvp standpoint i would probably do that first morph um just because yeah. your your easy uh, generate easy crux generation just automatic crux anytime something's hitting yeah. you your crux is just automatically going plus anytime someone's hitting you they're also getting minor breach like in a pvp like just throwing out minor breach and getting that crux and we talked about passives where that's automatically getting you sustain. Like that is, oh man, it's much uh, much. It's a longer duration, so it's just less upkeep. Yeah, uh, that that's a good one. And I would say that second that second morph seems unbelievable from a PVE standpoint. Like, oh yeah, or from a or from you a know, someone who likes that <laughs> for someone who block. likes to hang out on flags in battlegrounds yeah. uh, seems yeah. really good for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, really cool armor buff, really convenient. Um, it's nice to have uh, like an easy source of minor breach that's on an ability you're going to be using anyway. It also looks really cool in my opinion. I like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. um, next up we have Runic Defense. Cast forth a complex rune, granting you and your group members minor resolve for 20 seconds. Uh, you, you gain minor protection for 20 seconds. Uh, and then the first time you are damaged while below 50% health, the minor protection is consumed and you heal for 4,800 health, uh, scaling off of your max health. Um, so a lot of health scaling. You notice that with this class, a ton of health scaling yes. stuff. Very beneficial for this class to have a lot of health, I think. Yeah. They really want you to stack that health big time. Um, uh, let's see. I'm just looking at tooltips here. So with uh with twenty eight thousand health, that's a that's a eighty four fifty four heal. Good night. So just one time when you take damage below fifty percent health, you get an eighty four fifty four uh, heal. 
And then I'm guessing if you go above 50% health and then dip down again, you can it can happen again. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, basically you give everyone in your group minor resolve, you give yourself minor protection, uh, and then when you take damage below 50% health, uh, you lose the minor protection and you and you get that heal. And that's that's my rewording of the of the thing. I kind of wrote my own little rewords here just to help me organize it in my own brain and understand it. Uh, the morphs we have Rune Guard of Freedom. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, <laughs> gain 3,000 armor and crowd control immunity for six seconds when the heal occurs. When you take that, you know, below 50% hit and get that heal, you'll also get 3,000 armor and six seconds of CC immunity. Now, hold on. The CC immunity does have a 30 second cooldown. Oh, okay. I was worried about that one because I was like, wait a minute. That's seems just way like, too good. You're, yeah. That seems way too good. Uh, but yeah, that has a 30 second cooldown, but the, the 3000 armor, that can happen every time. So that's actually pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, and then the other morph rune guard of still waters immobilizes enemies within seven meters after a one second delay. That one also seems pretty good. Also and seems AOE very immobilize? good. Yeah, that seems very good. I feel like I want the CC immunity one though. That one's yeah. even with a 30 second cooldown. That seems so good. Yeah. I'm right there with you. That's, that's the one to go. It's a, it's already a good team buff giving you great buffs. Uh, and then that plus that 3000 armor. Like that's, that's really good too. Unique 3000 armor on top of the minor resolve, which if you're using vigor, you already have minor resolve, but maybe you don't, maybe yeah. you're not using that. Um, and then last active ability, we have Rune of Eldritch Horror. Etch an incomprehensible rune on your enemy's mind, paralyzing them in fear after a one-second delay, uh, stunning them for four seconds. Uh, this terror applies minor vulnerability uh, for ten seconds. Uh, if used against a monster, the, par the, the paralyze lasts for eight seconds. Um, this ability cannot be dodged. So yeah, you cast this on someone after a one second delay, it fears them and it applies a minor vulnerability for 10 seconds. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess the, the stun duration is doubled against monsters and it can't be dodged. The morphs, we have Rune of Uncanny Adoration. I don't know where these names come from, <laughs> but this one charms the enemy instead of fears them. And that just causes them to move towards you rather than staying where, they, where they're at. It's still CC. You can break it like a normal stun or anything. It just causes them to move towards you. Uh, that's the only thing this morph does, is it makes it a charm instead of a fear, which doesn't seem super valuable to me, honestly. I, I'm, I'm interested to see that one used. Like, I agree. To me, that seems very less. But like the fact that it can't be dodged and you're, it's automatically... It's going to happen. You're going to have to break out of it. Like, I'm curious to see what moving other players does. Like, well, I've been charmed. Like, there's that mythic, I can't remember the name, but there is a mythic that will charm you. Mm -hmm. And I've been hit with it. I've seen people use it. And it is kind of weird. It's like, whoa, I'm moving. But it's like the instant I realize that I don't have control of my character, I just automatically do the break free. You know, like, it's just an, it's just a reflex. Um, yeah. So I'm only, I'm only being charmed for like a second. So you don't, uh, so you I take just don't like see maybe why, a, a step or two. Maybe a step or two. I just, I just don't see why as a morph choice, 
you know, how much more of a benefit I'm really getting there. Um, at scrollpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe there's something I'm not getting about it. Um, and then the other morph is called Rune of the Colorless Pool. Uh, and it applies minor brittle to the target, is all that does. Which actually, that to me, that's the one that makes sense. It's just, that's just making them take more crit damage. That that I can wrap my head around. More debuffs. Yeah. So that's probably the one I would use, personally. Uh, and then we have uh, some passives. Um, Aegis of the Unseen. Form a secret soldier within your mind. A defense against arcane forces without. While a beneficial soldier of Apocrypha ability is active on you, increase your armor by 1980. So basically, as long as your armor buff is active, you'll have an extra 1980 armor. Unique. Uh, Yeah. It's just funny because (laughs) there's so much written in that, and then it's like, you get 1980 armor. You get 1980 armor as long as your armor buff is active, buddy. Good good job. (laughs) Uh, Next passive is Wellspring of the Abyss. Uh, Apocryphal knowledge bubbles up from the depths of your psyche, increasing your health, magicka, and stamina recovery by 129 for each Soldier of Apocrypha ability slotted. Even more recovery. More recovery. Circumvented Fate is the next passive. Casting an Arcanist ability warps the weave of fate around you, granting you and your group members minor evasion for 20 seconds, which Mm. reduces your AoE damage taken by 10%. Um, And that, I guess it has a 5 second cooldown as far as how how frequently that can be applied, but with a 20 second, 20 second yeah. duration, 100%. you know, that's going to be permanent. Yeah. So everyone has minor evasion now. Yep, Congratulations. That's, that's the one that hurts the Templars right there. Hurts Templars. It hurts Necros too. Hurts Wardens a little bit. I mean, it actually hurts a lot of people. It hurts, it hurts a little bit of everybody. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about how valuable evasion is before because most of the things that kill you in PVP are AOE. Yeah, exactly right. So this is just going to make everybody generally just more survivable. And then the last passive is called Implacable Outcome. Uh, the will of an Arcanist is absolute. When you consume Crux, gain four ultimate. This effect can occur every eight seconds. I, th- I love how just like that opening line has nothing to do. It seems nothing. like completely just, unrelated. The will of an though. Arcanist is absolute. Anyway, when you consume Crux, <laughs> gain four ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so it's just such a nice little layer of flavor. It's just good. Okay, KDMS, uh, I missed it earlier, but um can it can that other morph be blocked? The the um the I think stun? The, the base ability says it can't be dodged. The Oh, it can't be dodged, but it can be blocked. People oh. aren't gonna block it though. Who blocks? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it maybe that's what makes the charm so nice because it can't be blocked okay that's the arcanist that's every arcanist ability we've we've discussed them all um so i expect all of you guys to be arcanist experts now and yep. come up with some op builds right out of the gate uh just kidding i still am i'm still wrapping my mind around the class i'm definitely going to have to get my hands on these abilities and Try it out firsthand. Yeah. But I mean, in general, I mean, it seems like a super strong class just from yeah. the passives alone. I, I think that, that going through those, 
I'm surprised by, like, I feel like the general takeaway through PTS was they're a very good defensive class with a crazy amount of sustain, but, like, I feel like the common theme was, like, they just didn't have a lot of damage, but, like... Outside of that beam. Yeah, I, but I, I don't know. I just struggle, like, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to get, to get a lot of damage out of this class, like... Yeah, I mean, now that it's live, you know, the general population has their hands on it. People are going to be experimenting with all kinds of things. And, you know, on PTS, we we get some really skilled and talented people in there. But I think a lot of times with with really good players and really experienced players, you can kind of get tunnel vision, you know, and yeah. you just kind of go to your, your go-to sets and your go-to kind of ways of doing things. Um, and there might be better ways of doing things that we just haven't explored yet, and we're we're about yeah. to see what what those things are. Yeah. Um. So I'm just super excited to have a new class. It's awesome. Like the few BGs I've done, it's cool to just see some yeah. new visual effects, see some new stuff happening. And I'm surprised at how really the class is integrated right on in there. The few times I've come across some arcanists, you know, like it's not glitchy. Like they're just mm-hmm. casting abilities, and they seem like they belong there, like everybody else pretty cool it is pretty cool scroll and podcast at gmail.com that is our email address if you would like to send emails to that address that is acceptable you may do so and we will read them here on the show. They can be about um, ESO-related things or not. You can make suggestions for the show, ask us a, a question, say shout-out to a friend, say hello, tell us a joke, whatever you like. Uh, so that is scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, first email we have comes from Toadster. Toadster says, What is your opinion on the Arcanist? Is stamina or magicka better? Uh, how good do you think it will do in PvP? You guys rock! Three exclamation points. Nice. Toadster. Nice. nice. <laughs> uh, thanks, Toadster. Thanks for writing in. So we just talked all about the Arcanist. Hopefully we kind of answered your question already. I think it seems like a really, really strong class. The yep. visuals seem super duper cool. I'm still, I'm still waiting to see how like mechanically interesting they really are in practice. Um, that's something I'm kind of... Maybe not so sure about. I might, I might, it might end up actually being boring despite the visuals and everything, but maybe not. As far as if Magicka or Stamina is better, probably Magicka, just because you can just use more of the abilities more often. Or just, or probably just some kind of hybrid. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's, it's kind of both. Like it, it's a very hybrid designed class. Super duper. Yeah. They have all those like, multiple skills it's like depending on which resource is higher or lower or whatever pretty cool but yeah i'm just stoked to have a new class in general you know honestly like this is kind of an out of, out of left field choice for a class yeah you know um was not expecting this one but i don't really mind it i think i think it's a neat idea um and just to just to have things shaken up and have a new element in yes. in the environment is really nice yeah absolutely and yeah, I think it'll do great in PvP. I think it'll be excellent, um, a, a, an excellent support class in particular in PvP. I think they might challenge wardens in that space. Yeah, and I think it's right on track. You know, we've talked about when new classes come out, they're just kind of a, a level above. You know, it's kind of the new and flashy. They want to show it off. 
Mm -hmm. I think they're right coming in right at that level. So they are, yeah. But not like outrageously so, you know, like, I mean, the little bit I've seen them, which is hardly any, but it seems like, yeah, maybe they're a little too strong, but it's okay. We can kind of let them be that way for a little while. Yeah. I think the uniqueness to it is that they're, they're a little too strong on like sustained and defensive side. It's not like, so it, it mm -hmm. just, it makes them really tough and, but they're not overly strong on, on, and maybe that's what kind of people were saying on the, on the PTS is that their, you know, their, their offense is, is lacking. I don't think it's necessarily lacking, but they're just, their sustain and, and defensive capabilities with all the shields and things is just over the top. Yeah, well, like that um, that build that you said you were running into last night that was like using all the status effects and dots mm -hmm. and stuff and was really eating your lunch. Uh, I think that's a probably an example. Like that build is probably using a lot of uh, sort of proc sets and stuff. Yeah. You know, they're kind of cheesing on, but they can afford to do that because they have all the exactly. survivability and sustain built into the class. So they can just kind of stack the damage, use all the cheesy sets they want, and they're still kind of covered. Yep, exactly. Um, thanks for writing in Toadster. Next email is from Uncle Sam. Shout out to Uncle Sam in the chat right now. Uh, the subject is shout out to Kingnar. Sam says, hi, scrolling. The question is, uh, how are you two going to design, <laughs> going to design the aesthetics of your Arcanist characters? Are you going to follow, uh, the zone and Arcanist themes Zoss designed, or are you going to, uh, are you guys going to try something different? Uh, please describe the style and aesthetic you're going to go for. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Sam, this is very obviously just give me gold. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a question. Give me gold, please. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll I'll give this to Sam. The 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 style we talk about this all the time. Look at the character is the most important part. Um, but I I don't know if I have I don't know if I've got the style idea picked out. I think off the top of my head, the one that I'm kind of playing around in my head is like old wizard style like like uh you know like real long beard old like robes that's that's kind of what's playing around my head but i, I don't okay i haven't toyed around with anything yet of, of what that would be i'm thinking like um like a warlock you know like i, I want i okay. want something that's kind of okay. like a little on the darker side mm -hmm. um you know not necessarily evil but not nice either not yeah not necessarily <laughs> nice Exactly. He's, you he's you you, you don't mind hanging around with this guy in a group, but just you and this person, a little questionable. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't want to be in a post-apocalyptic situation with this guy. Yeah. This is the this is the first person. This is the guy that immediately turns to cannibalism. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, <laughs> I was reading the chat, getting distracted. Um. But yeah, I never for any character, I never have an aesthetic in mind ahead of time. I uh, I make the character right now. He just has the generic gear that he started the game with. Oh, and um, <laughs> what? Well, I was you just have... I, I'm way opposite. Before I even do a single quest, I've got the entire character's look completely done. Like I will spend ten to fifteen thousand gold getting the look of the character perfectly done and then i'll stroll to do my first quest uh, i gotta get to know them i gotta get to know who they are before i can start f figuring out what their look is because I, I they get it they develop a personality to me first and then that informs how i set up their look but uh yeah i think i'm going for somewhat of a of a darker theme with this guy <laughs> um 
Sam says, P.S. King Nar smells. Sensing a theme here, Sam. The old, the old shout out to yeah. King Nar on the start, but as a reminder, P.S. He, King Nar still smells. Mm-hmm. Wanted by my dog. Welcome, dude. Thanks for joining us. We've got a, we're just in time to hear the last two emails. Uh, next email comes from Pelinal White Strake. Pelinal says, Greetings, scrollers. Uh, let's play a game of Buff Mary Nerf. Wherein we choose one skill, set, class, or anything really that gets a buff, uh, one that gets a nerf, and one that stays as is. Uh, ready? <laughs> <laughs> so um, he just has this one example. I don't know if we're supposed to come up with other examples, but I feel like I need like prep time if we're going to do that. So we'll just do the example he gives us here. So are we going to buff, marry, or nerf the um, the vampire undeath passive, the Templar beam? Or the Wretched Vitality set? Mm. Davis, what do you think? Uh, Nerf, Templar Beam, right off the bat. There we go. Uh, I probably would marry Undeath Passive. I think it's right in the right spot. And then I would probably buff Wretched Vitality, which seems insane because it's already the best sustained set in the game. But the only reason I'm choosing that one for buff is because I think it would do the least amount of damage to the meta. I think if you buff the undeath passive or buff the Templar Beam, it would break the meta. I think if you buff Wretched Vitality, it's the least amount of damage to the meta. Like, just a little bit more sustain for already a great sustain set. I'm right there with you. I have the exact same answer. Nerf the beam, <laughs> buff Wretched, sure, always. Do it. <laughs> uh, and undeath passive is great as it is. Yep. Um, I was thinking like um, I feel like streak and the Nightblade's invisibility, and then there's got to be like a third thing that we could put in there to do like a buff Mary nerf thing. But I don't know. I don't know what the third one would be. Yeah, I, I like this idea. I, it's fun. It's I, I like mm-hmm. an idea. What, so say your two again. Streak and invisibility cloak. What what would the third thing be? Um. Yeah, it's pretty good. Streak, cloak. Part of me wants to say misform, but it's basically streak. Yeah. But we could do that, I guess. That's that's one. So let's see. I think I would want to I don't know. I'd probably keep streak how it is. I would uh nerf misform. I would buff cloak. That's what I would do. Ooh. Oh, I know it sounds crazy buffing cloak, but I do feel like invisibility is highly counterable these days, as long as you just account for it in your build. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you talked me into it. I, I would probably agree with what you said, because you said nerf, streak, buff, and, and keep uh, misform. Nerf, misform. Nerf, misform. Nerf, misform, keep, streak. Yeah. Yeah, because that would bring and a little bit more balance. To those, yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to buff. You can't, you, can't, you can't buff streak or misform. You just can't. Yeah, well, I think streak needs to be better than misform, and right now it's not like clearly better. Yeah, this is my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Thanks for writing in, Pelinal. Uh, last email comes from Pork Body. Pork Body says, "Greetings, Ket and Davius. Uh, I'd like to know what your top five favorite add-ons for ESO are, or even add-ons that you feel are essential that make ESO just better." Love the pod. Nice. Thanks, Pork Body. So, you want to get better scoreboard. First and foremost, shout out to Garion. <laughs> Make it sure is. that everybody stays on top of that. 
that is an essential add-on for uh, anyone who enjoys playing Battlegrounds. It just it gives you all the information you want to see when you when you hit F5 and, and look at the scoreboard or whatever the controller equivalent is. You can see at, at one single glance, you see what everyone's class is. You see how much damage, how much healing they've done. You see their at name and their character name. Just it's all there. You got to have mm-hmm. that add-on. Mm-hmm. And it all looks good, too. It all looks like it's it belongs in the game. You wouldn't even think it's an add-on. Yeah. So you want better scoreboard, uh, combat metrics if you like to analyze your performance and see how much damage you're doing with abilities or how much damage you're taking from abilities or just really any kind of data from any fight. Combat metrics is awesome. Yeah. Just to help you refine your build and make build decisions and things like that. I use it all the time. Inventory insight. If you have multiple characters, it's non-negotiable. Get inventory insight. So you can see all your inventory across all characters and banks and everything. Uh, the easy travel add-on to me has become very essential. If you're in um, some large guilds, it really helps. You can just basically click on a part of the map. And if there's anyone you know anywhere in that area, it'll just automatically port you to them for free. Mm. Um and then I really, really like having map pins. I just, I like cheating and seeing all the icons before oh, yeah. I discover them. I can't imagine the game without map pins. I really can't. Yeah. So those are mine. Do you have any uh, add-ons you want to uh, I would, I would really agree with your list. Uh, a couple other ones I would point out. Like, I, I would probably agree with your list for like five top ones, but um, just some extra ones that I, that that stand out a lot to me is um, the. I can't think of the name of it, but the one that if you do writs, there's the uh, the auto writ. Uh, oh yeah, the lazy la- writ. lazy writ crafter. Yeah. Like that's a necessity if you're if you're doing that. And one simple one that that I really once again it's one of those ones I can't imagine with it. It's very simple, but um, the gray skull weapon and spell damage meter. Like just always oh, knowing, nice. always knowing my weapon and spell damage is is huge for me. Uh, so I think that one's really good. Um, um and then yeah i mean i would agree with a lot of ones you said the only one that i can even think potentially off of that is that i have one that's just a skill point finder um it's called uh, i think it's like urex skill point finder something like that and it basically it just brings up a chart of if you're looking for extra skill points that you need on a character it's just basically a map of like here's all the places you can go and all the skill points you don't have yet uh you know and so you can kind of just pick and choose from there where you want to go get some extra skill points nice yeah uh, a lot of good add-ons out there i will say try to keep them to a minimum uh i i really i would agree with i really don't like try to load up on add-ons you know i i really don't even try to think of an opportunity to use one unless i just run into something that's causing me trouble i'm like man i wonder if there's an add-on that solves this you know <laughs> um so uh try to keep it to a minimum i i also recommend that i know some some friends of mine that listen are gonna boo it boo and hiss at this but uh try to avoid ui add-ons man they they hit your performance big time and they're also not i don't think they're, they're, they're ugly guys <laughs> come on they're ugly uh <laughs> they make your screen ugly yeah this isn't an add-on thing, but it's it's I feel like it's in the same spirit of the thing. Um KDMS rightly so. Uh <laughs> it's it's in the spirit of the question. It's like a suggestion for a setting. If you if you haven't done this, uh go into your settings under nameplates 
and turn on nameplates for enemies when you point your cursor at them. Make yeah. it so that only when you point your cursor at them, their nameplate appears above their head. It makes it so much easier, like especially in like a coordinated, like if you're playing with groups of people, for like singling out targets, you know. So mm-hmm. you're you're looking right at them and you see their name right above their head. And you don't have to like look all the way at the top of the screen. It's It's just like where your eyes are already pointing, you see the info you need. Yeah. Really, really helpful. Yep, I would agree with that. Okay, that's all the emails. Davius, pick a favorite. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Pelinal. Pelinal White Strike. I like the I like the buff Mary Nerf game. I thought it was fun. That is fun. Maybe that'd be a recurring thing we we bring back. Yeah, I like that. Feel free to hit us with any more buff Mary Nerfs, uh, Pelinal. If you get any ideas for for some good ones. Uh, or any other email ideas, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game that also just happens to, that just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. It's also Mm -hmm. the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. If you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, you can email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and I will send you an invite. Uh, we're only on the PCNA server. If you if your guild roster is full, or if you're not on PCNA and you're you're on a different platform, uh, you can just come join the Discord. Uh, everyone who's in the in the Discord is a fully fledged goon, a fully fledged guild member. Uh, anything that you're able to to join us on, uh, you're welcome to come along. And honestly, that's where the party's happening anyway. That's where we're always talking and hanging out and and telling jokes and and sharing memes and talking about builds. It's a very active community. Um, everybody's welcome. Please come join us. Uh, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a star rating and especially a written review. Uh, really helps us out. Uh, if you'd like to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollingpodcast and receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. That gets you some extra Discord benefits, uh, an individual shout-out on every episode, uh, gets you access to the Booncast, an extra uh, shorter podcast recording that I do on the off weeks, still ESO-focused, do some videos, some written guides, and of course, just knowing that you're helping uh, support the show and help keep this thing going, that's the greatest gift of all. If you can't do Patreon right now, then just come hang out on the Discord. That doesn't cost anything, and like I said, everybody's welcome, and we'd love to have you. Um, so the Patreon, again, that's patreon.com slash scrollingpodcast, uh, or for the Discord invite, that's just scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to the chat. Ended up being a full chat towards the end here. We have yeah. Joral, KDMS, Slavka, Uncle Sam, Wanted by My Dog, Crimson. Uh, Taggart was in here earlier. Yep. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Great to have you here. Yep. Um, uh, shout out to Uncle Sam, Joral, King Nar, KDMS, Slavka, Exoleon, Taggart, uh, Mother of Dragons, Crimson Knight, Wanted by My Dog. Uh, we've all just been playing together a lot. We're, our, our kind of core crew is growing by the day, it seems. <laughs> which uh, which is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So much fun. It's great, man. I come home like every single day from work and I sit down on my computer like, what's going on in ESO? Oh my gosh, it's a party again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pretty great. 
Shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for sticking around for so long and being our friends. We really appreciate it. Uh, and shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, GrizzlyCon, Thomas, Taggard, Mother of Dragons. Thank you all so very much. We really appreciate it, guys. Uh, Davius, anything else? I think that's everything. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, so here's our first ever advertisement on the Scrolling Podcast. <laughs> the uh, the Royal Bank of Garion is proud to sponsor the Scrolling Podcast tonight. Uh, a mail sent to Garion Davy with the title Scrolling Pad Scrolling Co- Scrolling Podcast <laughs> Number Four Lyfe Life Baby uh, will allow players to receive their very own compliment complimentary potato mm-hmm. in game, mm-hmm. um, as well as sixty nine gold. And then he's, and then it says in tiny small print, too fast to read, uh, or or to read fast. One mail per account maximum. Players in Alaska Timbuktu may not be eligible for potatoes and will receive a smiley face as replacement potato to be eaten. Responsibly side effects potato and or sixty nine gold. Responsibility of the recipient of the prize. <laughs> the Royal Bank of Gary <laughs> takes a responsibility for what may occur upon rece- receipt of these gifts. I'll edit that. I'll edit that. That'll be real smooth. That'll be real smooth. <laughs> That'll be tight. It'll be real tight and smooth. That'll be real good. Real tight. Be hey, real. Garen. That'll, That'll be good. Man. Hey, you know, I'm on that Davius. Uh, I'm on that Davius financial. That's 69 gold. Hey. That ain't nothing. I'll take it. That ain't take nothing. It. That ain't nothing. <laughs> I know you're joking, but I mean. Yeah, no. yeah I, you, know, you could sell a potato. I bet you get about another 12 gold. Just kidding, but seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. I love, I love oh, go how, oh, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, go I love how of the whole thing, you read the whole thing, and the part that fumbled you up the most was the part scrolling podcast. That was the part that tripped yeah. you. The, the word scrolling podcast were the parts that tripped you up the most, you know? There you well, go. you know, I got to admit, the, the title scrolling podcast doesn't really roll off the tongue you're not rolling well, the scrolling roll you know rolling scrolling podcast. it's a little you get a little tongue-tied saying it or i do mm-hmm. anyway my, my, my sure. tongue kind of gets rolling around in there you know mm-hmm. not to be too explicit but oh boy <laughs> there's some there's some uh there's some oh. tongue stuff oh jeez oh jeez oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> what's up jarl thanks for joining us man <laughs>